So you will enjoy that. Praise God. Well, glory. Well, I love that song. I I, I tell you what, every, every, every song we did this morning has just been powerful. Been awesome. Amen. He is, and I do believe that Jesus is our healer. I know there's a lot of people that don't think that way today, but I, I do. And, and, um, and, and there's nothing that is impossible with Him. There's nothing that is too hard for the Lord. That's what the Lord said to Sarah, to Abraham and Sarah, when, when the Lord appeared there at the tent and uh, was telling Abraham that this time next year Sarah's going to have him have a child, have a son, and of course they were well past the age of having children. And Sarah overheard the Lord say that, and she laughed. And the Lord, you know, said, why did Sarah laugh? He said, is anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer to that is, no, there's nothing that's too hard for God. Jeremiah said that God, by His mighty arm and his stretched out hand created everything by his mighty hand and there is nothing too hard for him Amen. and when it comes to when it comes to our our salvation when it comes to the healing of our bodies um, when it comes to God performing miracles for our life that there then there's 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 nothing impossible with God Jesus told Jesus told the, the man that had the son that was demon-possessed that he'd brought the boy to the disciples and they, they, couldn't, they tried to cast the demon out of the boy and they tried to get victory in his life and, and, and nothing they did worked. And Jesus and Peter and James and John was in the Mount of Transfiguration. When they came down, the crowd gathered around and there was that, there was that dad and he said, I brought my son to your disciples to, to cure him of this of this." problem that he has and he said they couldn't do anything with him and and he said to the Lord this man said to the Lord if you can do anything help us if you can do anything help us and Jesus didn't respond to that at all he just asked said to him if you he put it right back at him and said if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes. And you remember the prayer of that gentleman? He said, Lord, I believe. And through tears, he said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. There were some doubts that he was dealing with. But anyway, he believed the Lord. And, and Jesus, that word is to you and I today, that if you and I can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And I believe, I've believed all of my, um, my life, ever since I've been saved and studying the Word of God. As a, as, a, as, a, as a teenage boy, when I began studying the Bible, the Lord led me through the Gospels and, and through the, the, the Word of God to believe that Jesus, to know that Jesus is a healer. He is a healer. And to know, as we're going to get into here in just a little bit, and I'm not planning on preaching very long, but I want to share some things with you because I, I, I want to do my best with the help of the Lord to encourage your faith today, 
to, uh, to believe God to move in your life, Amen. physically, emotionally. He's the healer of whatever you need healing for. Yes, he when we think of healing, we think, of course, first of all, we think of our, our physical bodies. And yes, that's included, but, but he's, he's able to heal you today of whatever it is you need healing of. He heals us spiritually. He heals us emotionally. He heals us psychologically. He heals us physically. He heals us in every area of our life and in everything that we need. He's the, he is our healer. He is the healer. And as you read through, and I, I mentioned, you read through the Word of God, and especially the Gospels, we see the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so we're going to go to begin with, I'm going to read some scripture beginning with Mark chapter 6 because that's where we're at in, in our Sunday morning preaching. We're preaching through uh, the gospel of Mark. And uh, I, I was going to jump on into um, to, to chapter 7 and man, the, the Holy Ghost just got a hold of me this week and and, and focused, had me just focusing on the last few verses of chapter 6. And these are familiar verses to you, but I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you some scripture this morning. And we're going to talk about the healing ministry of Jesus. How many of y'all remember in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2, the last, the last book of the Old Testament, in verse 2, it's, it, he said to you that fear the Lord, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in His wings. It was a prophecy concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, that He was going to come and arise with healing in His wings. And He did that in His earthly ministry. As we, as we can see all through the Gospels, His healing power demonstrated and manifested. But I got news for you today. You know, people say, well, that was in the Bible days. That was when Jesus was here. But he doesn't do that anymore. I, I beg to differ with that. I, I still believe that, that, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and he'll be the same tomorrow. I still believe that. I still believe that Malachi 3.6, God made the statement and He said, I am the Lord, I change not. Amen. And, and so, you know, it wouldn't make any sense. It just wouldn't make any sense to see God giving a healing covenant to Israel in the Old Testament, to see Him healing the sick in the Old Covenant, to see Jesus come preaching the kingdom of God in the, in the, in the New Testament, presenting the kingdom of God, healing sickness, healing disease, and, and to see it take place after the crucifixion and the, and the resurrection of Jesus, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and to see that power demonstrated in the early church like it was and, and then all of a sudden for Jesus to say, well, there you go, that's it. We're not doing that anymore. We're changing, we're changing direction. For a thousand times, no, are you hearing me today? That's not the way the Lord operates or works. Somebody said, well, why don't we see more people healed today? Well, I can tell you this. I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you this. It is not Jesus' fault. It's not God's problem, amen? He is the healer today, and He's the Lord, and He changes not. 
And so, you know, here it is in the Scripture in, in Mark chapter number 6. And I don't have, you know, I've just, got just some, I've just got some notes and some thoughts and some things the Lord has shared with me this week. And I just want to share with you. So it may be, as John Richardson would say, this may be a little hoiky-joiky. All right. <laughs> Amen. But in Mark chapter 6 and verse 53, it says, And when they had passed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him and ran throughout the whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered, listen to this 56th verse, and whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment. And as many, as many, as many as touched him were made whole. Matthew Chapter 14 records the same incident in verse number uh, 34 of Matthew 14. And when they were gone over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place... Notice this. This is so important. I hope uh, the Lord let me get to this point. But that when, when the men of that place had knowledge of Him... They had knowledge of him. They sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. And they besought him that he might, and they besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched, Matthew says it this way, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Completely, perfectly whole. Amen? Amen? Praise God. In Mark chapter 3 and verse number 10, I'm just going to read a few verses here and then just try, try to build your faith a little bit. Verse 10 of Mark chapter number 3 says this, For he, Jesus, had healed many, insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him, as many as had Plagues. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 19. Are you following with me this morning? Amen. You know the Bible says faith comes how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Luke chapter 6 and verse uh, number 17. And he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of, uh, of his disciples, and a great, notice this, a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. What did they come for? They came to hear him and to be healed. They came with the expectation that I'm going to, we're going to go hear Jesus and be healed of Jesus. 
That should be, you know, our ex expectation. When we come through those doors on Sunday morning, we should be preparing ourselves. I'm going, I'm going to the church for two reasons today. I'm going to hear from God and I'm going to receive from God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And that's what they were doing, to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. For there went virtue or power out of him. That word virtue is the same word that was used when the woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment and said that Jesus stopped and he said, who touched me? And they said, well, what do you mean, Lord? Everybody said, there was a crowd of people gathered around. They were all touching me. He said, no. He said, somebody touched me for I felt virtue go out of me. And that word virtue, translated virtue, is the word dunamis. Some of the uh, modern translations, some of the other translations translate it as there went power out of him or uh, a power from him. But it's the Greek word dunamis which is Translated power in other places in the New Testament. It's the same word translated power in Acts 1 and 8 when Jesus said, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. It was uh, a dunamis or power so that uh, it was the anointing. Is anybody listening to me? It was, a, it was healing power, it was healing virtue that emanated and flowed from the, the life of Jesus, from the body of Jesus. And, and you know, you would think, well, you know, then everybody that pressed around him or touched him or got in his presence would be healed. But that was not always the case. It was those who, you know, out of all the multitude that was pressing around him that one day, just the woman with the issue of blood was healed. Out of all the people that were in the synagogue or in the house listening to him in Luke chapter 5 where it said that the presence of the Lord or the power of the Lord was present to heal them, the power of the Lord was there and present to heal them. But it's only recorded that one person that day got healed and that was the palsied man who would not uh, let the crowd stop him, wouldn't let obstacles get in his way, but his friends carried, couldn't get him in the church so they carried him up on top of the house and, and made a hole in the roof and let him down to where Jesus was and said... When Jesus saw their faith, he healed them and he forgave him and he healed him of that palsy. He, he was lowered down on a stretcher where the presence of the Lord was and he, he, he walked out of there healed. But it was, it, the power was present to heal them all, but not everyone received the healing. Now, there were other places where everybody were healed as we've been reading here. Amen? But it said that the whole multitude sought to touch him for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. We could go on and on and on and on. But the ministry of Jesus included three things. I'll preach here in a minute. Now, hang on. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. In verse 23, this is the very beginning of the Galilean ministry of the Lord. In verse 23 it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, 
teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people. Amen. Look at the, you know, it's all, all manner of sickness, all manner of disease. They brought him him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments and those that were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those which had the palsy and he healed them. And he healed them. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then one last verse there in Matthew. Flip over to chapter 9. Chapter 9 and verse number 35 of chapter 9. Hallelujah. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. That was the ministry of Jesus. There were three things that were prominent in the ministry of Jesus. Was preaching, teaching, and healing. He preached to them, he taught them, and he healed them. And that's the, that's the that seems to be and should be the protocol. Um, there must be teaching and preaching, and then there can be healing. See, we want the healing without the other. And sometimes, you know, evangelists and, and, and ministers and preachers get into that. They want to jump into an altar service and pray for everybody to be healed, and they neglect the teaching and the preaching. Jesus taught the people. He preached to them. He preached, came preaching the kingdom of God, and he told them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he healed their sick. So he taught them. He taught them and ministered the word to them. And it's so important. It's so important that if you and I are going to receive anything at all from the Lord, we're going to receive by faith. Listen, out of 19 instances in the Gospels of healings that Jesus performed, out of 19 of those, 12 of those times, Jesus said to those individuals, it was according to your faith. Or your faith has made you whole. Or your faith has saved you. Or your faith has healed you. So it's important. There are instances and there are times when there was healings that were just initiated by the Lord without anybody exhibiting faith, without anybody asking for healing. The man at the pool of Bethesda, he just, Jesus came on him, up on him. He'd been laying there for 38 years waiting for somebody to put him in the pool when the angel troubled the waters. And Jesus came up there knowing his condition and said, you know, and I've often wondered about that guy. I thought if that'd been me and I, I just had somebody scoot me over at the edge of that thing and as soon as I saw the waters troubled, I'd have just rolled over in it myself if I could have. But nobody would put him in there. And Jesus walked up there and he just said, will you be made whole? And he said, I don't have anybody to put me in the, in the pool when the waters are troubled. And Jesus just said to him, take up, your, pick that bed up, get up off of there and walk and be made whole. It was not initiated by the man, but it was just a sovereign act of the Lord. Amen.
where the Jesus healed him. And that does happen sometimes. You know, um, there were media, anybody familiar with, from years gone by, the ministry of Catherine Kuhlman. And uh, in Catherine Kuhlman's ministry, some of the most astounding miracles took place and healings took place. And people were healed in her meetings that didn't even, weren't even saved. People were healed in her meetings that went there skeptical and didn't believe. And, uh, but there was just a move of God and the move of uh, an operation of the gifts of healings and the gift of, of the working of miracles and the gift of faith and the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and discerning. of Those gifts operated and flowed through Miss Kuhlman's ministry. And there were, she would just be flowing in the spirit and pouring up into that vast auditorium or that coliseum and pouring up in one section and say, there's someone that's being healed of cancer in that area right there. And there's testimony after testimony after testimony of people that had, had been healed. Not, and like I said, some of them even skeptical of, of that, just going to see or just going because somebody invited them, not even believing. But God, why does God do that that way? I don't know, but he's God and he can do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it and when he wants to do it, amen? But there can be healings that are not initiated by the individual. But for the most part, it is us believing God and beseeching God and seeking to touch Him and to, get, to have Him to minister healing to us. And that's what we see here in the ministry of Jesus. In these scriptures that I read to you in several of these passages where people ran through the entire region when Jesus came to the places where they were. And the word got out that Jesus was there. I mean, he had a reputation of healing. Even among the religious leaders of the Pharisees, they were always watching him on the Sabbath day because they knew if there was anybody sick there, Jesus was going to heal them. So they would watch him and trying to find fault with him. But the people, when they heard that he was in the community or in their region, they, 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 would, they, would, they would run to where he was. They would carry the sick. And um, when, when, when people would come, there was, listen, there were thousands and thousands of lives that were, that were changed forever when Jesus came to their community and to their town. When Jesus, and I'm telling you, he's still changing lives today. Can I get an amen? When Jesus comes into a, an individual's heart or life or home, it's the same way today. Everything changes, and everything changes for the better. You know, there's a lot of people coming up, trying to come up with a lot of solutions for the problems that are in the world today, problems that are in society today, problems that are in families today, and within our culture today. But can I tell you that the only answer to the problems of this world is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can bring healing to our country. He's the only one that can bring healing to a home or a family or to an individual life. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad that so many years ago I heard about him and somebody told me that he would change my life and I came into contact with him and he transformed me and made me a different person, a new creature. Amen, are you glad you're saved today? Hallelujah! He's the answer. He's the solution to every problem. 
And so when the word got out that Jesus was in town, there were, there were tremendous numbers of people that would bring the sick, tremendous numbers of sick people, possibly, I know hundreds, but, and maybe even possibly thousands. There was 5,000 that gathered there when he fed that multitude, 5,000 men plus the women and children. So in every city, it said in every city and in every village and in every countryside and in every place that he went, every place people, people needed and longed for the healing touch of the Master. And so they would gather all the sick and they would bring them. And the Bible said there, we read that they would just lay the sick. Can you get a picture of this in your mind? It's just sick people and infirm people and diseased people. You know, it's like an outdoor hospital. There are hundreds of them laying in the streets everywhere as Jesus comes to that vicinity. Amen. But the power, and here was the thing, that, that, that the Scripture... The scripture tells us that they sought to touch him. There, was, there were multitudes that were coming around him touching him. And Jesus was, he was going around laying hands. I can just see this. He's laying hands on people. He, he, listen, he, he's moved with compassion. People say, well, we don't need miracles today because the miracles were just to prove, the miracles and healings were just to prove that Jesus was the Son of God. Well, they did that okay. Yeah, it did show that he was the Messiah. But over and over and over again in the New Testament, in the Gospels, it said that Jesus healed because why? Because he was, not to prove who he was, but, but because he was moved with compassion upon the people. And I'm going to tell you, he's still a compassionate high priest today. He's still a, a faithful high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He still has compassion. And so he could not resist healing those who were laid in the streets. He was laying hands on them. They were seeking to reach out and just touch them as he walked by. And multitudes of these people were healed. I just read scriptures to you where, where various regions and places that he went that everybody was healed. Everybody's looking at me with funny today. I'm preaching you the truth this morning. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. They, there, was, there, was, there was situations and places here where, as I said, I read to you that everyone was healed. Can I tell you something? That the power of God was so strong. There's something about the ministry of Jesus that's different from us. With, Jesus had the same Holy Spirit that the church has today. He had the same Holy Spirit that you and I have, the same anointing of the Holy Spirit. But there was one vast difference, and that is that the Bible says that He had the Spirit without measure. We have the Spirit in a measure, but Jesus in His ministry had the Spirit of God without measure. There was such a demonstration of the power of the Lord. The world had never seen anything like this before. This was the greatest visitation of the Holy Spirit that had ever been witnessed at any point in time, of anything that we ever read about in the Old Testament. This was a mighty visitation of God to the world. And, and, and I want to just say this. I want to say this, that 
that there will be. And I would like to see, I would love to see a visitation of that magnitude in this modern day which we live. See, you know, not to, not to glorify an individual, not to lift up a preacher, not, not, to, not, to, not to bring pride to anybody or get anybody looking at anybody else, but that there would be such a demonstration of the power of God again in these days in which we live where the healing ministry of Jesus would be manifested again and the sick would be healed and the infirm raised up by the power of God. I can tell you one thing. I can tell you this. There will be, on the magnitude that we've read about this morning, there will be a healing, a healing outbreak just like that and greater even than that in the millennial reign. I know there will be. I know that Jesus, listen to me, He is coming back on, in the clouds of glory. He's gonna come back, hallelujah, after, at the end of that tribulation. He's coming back to set up his kingdom in Jerusalem. And listen to me, Satan, old slewfoot, old devil is going to be bound up for 1,000 years. One strong angel is going to tie old slewfoot up and put him in a bottomless pit. And I love the... King James, it says, and shut him up. He's going to be shut up, locked away for 1,000 years. There will be mass healing of everybody that's sick. There won't be, I don't know, what do you think we'll use? All, every man, every hospital you go to. I, I noticed yesterday up there at Mercy at St. Anthony's, they're building more stuff over there. The devil's busy putting sickness and disease and affliction and infirmity on people's lives. Hospitals are in building programs all the time. Churches are closing down and hospitals are getting bigger. That needs to be swapped. That needs to be reversed. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a Jesus today that still heals the sick. Woo! God's gonna use these great big hospitals for something during the millennium. I don't know but he's going to use them for something, but I can tell you what they will not be used for. There won't be one sick person. There won't be one feeble person. There won't be one diseased person. There won't be any more children at St. Jude's with cancer. Come on, somebody. Jesus is coming back to rid this earth of all sin and sickness and disease and all the works of the devil. Can I get an amen? My, 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 my. But see, that's the thing, though, that people preach. They preach, well, back then we know Jesus used to heal. And then when we get to heaven, we won't have no sickness. Amen? And we know that's true. But what about this old rotten right now? I'm looking forward to the, you know, to the resurrection body. The glorified. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, sir, me too. Jesus has paid for the redemption of this body. It's not redeemed yet, but it will be. It'll be glorified and, and, and made like unto his glorious body, and it won't uh, that glorified body won't won't be sick. 
Amen. The natural people that will enter into the millennium, not, not counting the glorified saints. We know the glorified saints will have the resurrection body, but the natural people that enter into the millennial reign will, will have complete healing. They'll live throughout that millennium as long as they're obedient to the Lord and follow His rule. Amen. Ain't going to be no Congress voting on nothing. Come on, somebody. Amen. Jesus is going to set the rule. He's going to rule with a rod of iron. And that Bible right there, that Word of God, is going to be the rule book everybody's going to have to live by. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I, I thought I was going to preach you a little quick, quick message. And I am. But, but, but I'm looking forward to that time. But can I tell you, you know, that ought to tell us something. That ought to tell us something because you read Genesis chapter 1 and 2, no sickness. Come on, that's right. That's no right. disease. That's right. Come on, amen. Yes, sir. Then you read Revelation 21 and 22. What do you find there? No sickness, no disease, no more pain. No more crying, no more sighing, no more dying. Come on, amen. Woo, that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed, to that millennium. But that ought to tell us something, that sickness came in, disease came in, after Genesis chapter 3, when man sinned. Because of the fall, when Satan became the little g God of this world. And he brought in sickness and disease and infirmity. And it just, I'm going to tell you, it stirs up my righteous indignation when I hear people say anything remotely to, well, God put this sickness on me. God put this on me to teach me something. Let me tell you something today. Sickness does not come from God. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and he went about healing and delivering all that were oppressed of the devil. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good and doing what? Doing good, doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. Well the Lord put this on me to teach me a lesson. I'm tell you what he gave. I'm going to tell you what he gave you to teach you. He gave you pastors and evangelists and prophets and apostles and teachers and the word of God to teach you and to edify you. Amen. And to mature you and perfect you. He didn't give us cancer and heart trouble and diabetes and that kind of nonsense to teach anybody anything. Well, maybe the Lord put this on me to make me humble. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If you're lifted up in pride and need to be humbled, God can humble you. That's a, that's a whole other sermon. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He'll exalt you in due time. People say, well, you know, the Lord put this on me to teach me. But then they'll go to the doctor and pay the doctor to take it off of them. 
<laughs> oh, it's getting quiet now. Ain't it? Yeah. Now, now again, see, I got to get a, give a disclaimer here. I'm not opposed to doctors. I'm not opposed to hospitals. I'm not opposed to medicine. I thank the Lord that they're working. They, they are working on the same side that Jesus is working on to, to help to alleviate pain and suffering and sickness as much as they can. And I thank the Lord for that. But praise God, listen to me. They, they, they can only go so far. And I thank God for what they can do. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus can go farther. And Jesus can do more than what they can can do. Amen. And if you, if you have to go to the doctor, if you have to have medication, that, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. But if you got to take it, take it in the name of Jesus. And don't depend upon that, but depend upon Jesus. Because he's still the healer today. He is the healer today. Don't say Jesus put this on me. There's nowhere Jesus put any sickness on anybody at any point, at any time in the word of God. He went around destroying the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy means several things. It means to, to dissolve, to unloose, but one word I like that, that that word destroy means is to undo. He came to undo what the devil had done. That's what Jesus came to do. So the first thing we have to understand is the source of sickness is the enemy. He's the oppressor. He's the afflictor. He's the one that brings the disease. Jesus has come to undo what the devil has done. I, I, I knew a man one time a number of years ago that had several, several physical ailments. He was just, you know, he had diabetes. He had a lot of different things and he was in the hospital a lot. And... Uh, he made this statement to me. I didn't, he didn't go to my church, but he made this statement to me one time. Because a lot of times you wonder, well, why, wonder why this one doesn't get healed or that one doesn't get healed. And he made the statement to me one time, and he said, you know, he said, I was in the hospital, and the nurse came in there, and she said, called his name, and she said, boy, you sure have been through a lot. I just don't see how you can endure everything that you've been going through. And here's what was his response. He said, well, real, real, real holy tone. Well, you know, I've just learned to play the hand that God has dealt me. Oh, brother. As long as you, and I told him, I said, God didn't deal with you. God ain't dealing hands of diabetes. God isn't dealing sickness and disease. Amen? And I said, you know, as long as, as the enemy can get a person to believe that lie, he'll keep them afflicted and sick and diseased and, and, and there won't be healing that will come. Amen? I've already preached longer than I wanted to. So, what we saw there, as I said, was 
something that's going to be done in the millennial reign. Of course, all sickness is going to be alleviated in the millennium. But here's the thing, and I'll close with this. But we don't have to wait. Here's the good news. We don't have to wait till we get the glorified body or get into the millennial reign to experience the healing that Jesus has paid for for us on the cross. Are you listening to me? Healing, listen, I know there's debate on this, but Jesus paid for that healing on the cross, for your bodily healing. Somebody said, well, what, what, did, what actually did he atone for? Was it spiritual healing or physical healing? It was both. It was all healing. It was every area of healing in your life. The, 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 chast- the, 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 uh, the stripes that he took. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his what? With his stripes we were healed. I think about that verse every time I read through the gospels and I read where Pilate delivered Jesus into the hands of the Romans to be scourged before he sent him to be crucified. That scourging took place at that whipping post. And most most of the victims of that whipping post did not survive the lashing that they took there because they used the thing that was called a, well it was called a scourge or a cat of nine tails. It was nine to twelve strips of leather fastened to a wooden handle and mingled in with that leather were pieces of jagged bone and metal that were placed in there. So it wasn't just being whipped with a leather whip but it was also uh, pieces of bone and pieces of, of metal that would rip that would rip the flesh as it went across the back. And, and like I said, they would hear you've got a demon-possessed Roman soldier that is whipping the Lord Jesus Christ and beating his back. And, and, and under, under the law, 40 lashes were allowed. They reduced it to 39. But you've got 12, 12 strips of leather with bone and metal and 39 lashes, 468 stripes that were laid upon the back of the Lord Jesus, the blood was flowing down on the ground and can I tell you that with those stripes, are you hearing me today? With those stripes, he was paying the price. He was atoning and paying the price for you. His blood was being shed that you and I can receive his healing power. Hallelujah. There's a covenant we have with God in this new covenant that includes the healing of our bodies as well as the healing and the salvation of our souls. Amen. Woo, he's the healer. He is the healer. Jesus has atoned for all sin and also in that atonement is the healing of our bodies. Himself took Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah himself, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Hallelujah. So we don't have to wait till we get to the millennium. Amen? Worship team, you can make your way back. I'm going to close this. Then we're going to pray for folks. Let me tell you something. 
I'm not a healer. You're not a healer. I can't heal anybody. All I can do and all we can do is pray, do what the Bible tells us to do, lay hands on the sick, call for the elders of the church and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. That's all we can do. But Jesus stood up in the synagogue and he, as his custom was, he received from the the ruler of the synagogue that day, from the rabbi, he received the scroll of the book of Isaiah and he opened it up and began to read. The portion of scripture that he read there, of course that scroll wasn't divided into chapters and verses like we have in our Bible, but it was what we know of as the 60, Isaiah chapter 61. And he began to read and he just stood there and he read and he said, you know, he didn't really preach a message, he just read the scriptures. Made everybody there mad just reading the scriptures. But he said this, Verse 17 of Luke 4, it says, There was delivered in him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. That's what he came to do. That's what the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and had anointed him to do. That was the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ that God gave him to do. The Spirit of God was upon him. The anointing was upon him. He was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, the poor and the sick and the diseased and the afflicted. And what he was to preach to them was the good news is that I've come and today you don't have to be poor and sick and diseased and bound and afflicted. To preach deliverance to the captives. To tell the captives, hey, I've come to open the prison door. I've come to set you free. I've come to set you free. Hallelujah. You don't have to be in the prison or bound up by the powers of darkness anymore. To recover sight to the blind. Yeah, to heal the, uh, to open the eyes of the blind, but to those who are spiritually blind blind, to pull the the darkness aside and to open their eyes, hallelujah, that they can see who Jesus is and see the fresh revelation that they can have everything that Jesus died on Calvary for them to have. To set at liberty the bruise. There's liberty in this house today. There's an anointing in this house today to set the captive free. But then he said, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he stopped right there. Because the rest of Isaiah says, and the vengeance of our God. But he stopped. Why? Because that's where we're still at right now. 
Oh, come on. That's where we're at right now. The acceptable year of the Lord. Does anybody know what that was? What the acceptable year of the Lord? It was the year of Jubilee. It was the year of Jubilee. What happened in the year of Jubilee in Leviticus chapter 25? In the year of Jubilee, liberty and freedom was was declared to all those that were bound. Those that that had lost their properties because because of indebtedness had their debts forgiven. Their property was restored. Everything was given back to them. Slaves were turned loose. Slaves were set free. Debts were forgiven. Are you hearing me? And Jesus said, that's what I've come preaching to you. The year of Jubilee, the acceptable year of the Lord. There's gonna come a time of vengeance. There's gonna come a time of the wrath of God. There's gonna come a time of the judgment of God. But it ain't right now. Come on, it ain't right now. We're in the Jubilee. We're in the Jubilee. Jesus has come and been anointed by God to preach deliverance. He's called me and every God-called preacher to do what? To preach deliverance and to tell you the prison door is open. Come on out. Victory has been secured. Woo. 